When you talking about an entrepreneurial, you talking about an original staple of the cannabis game. Alright, we're back. Second episode. This is a very necessary episode. I got one of my good friends. I'm glad to actually call you a good friend. Ed Bassmaster. This guy. This guy keeps me smiling, man, and is definitely a real one. And had to had to bring him on here. We've been working on the movie last few days. This guy's probably one of the hardest working guys I know besides myself. Flew out here to work on the on the movie with me. The psh movie. Ed, how you feeling, brother? Pretty good. Hanging in there. Man, I've had some good times with you, man, and I'm glad I've gotten to know you over the last year. Um, maybe, was it been about a year or two years? Yeah, when we met. Yeah. When, when did we meet? When we meet? A couple years ago? <laughs> I don't fucking remember. <laughs> it's been a fucking blur, but I've had we good had, times with you, man. Times. I've had good times with you, and there's not a lot of real people out there in the world. Like, a lot of people, when you meet other people like uh, celebrities or athletes or people you've seen on you know, TV, YouTube, Etc. They're not really as as real as you want them to be. That's the one thing. When I met you, I was like, "This motherfucker is one of us." Meaning, like, you're just a genuine human, bro. Yeah, man. It's just where I was raised. Who are we talking to? We're talking to uh, right now. We're talking to these three cameras right here. This glass window with the operators in the room. But um, we're talking to everyone listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or YouTube. What's up, yo? What's happening? What's happening, yo? I definitely think you should. I, I wrote you the perfect joint, by the way. Oh, I wrote I, it with no I'm tip. Good. I don't smoke. You don't smoke weed? No, I don't smoke. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. All those times we didn't, you didn't have? No. You mean my camera guy? Yeah, you guys had some times. Yeah, you know, he uh, he didn't really hit it like you did, man, because I've been loaded with you. I've been loaded with you in Montana. Uh, I've been loaded with you in LA. I'm loaded with you right now in the Bay on the couch. Best of the best, baby. That's why at home I don't smoke. I wait till I come out here to have the cookies. I like the cookies. How long you been smoking for, Ed? I was actually when I when I first hollered at you in the DM, I was so excited that you got high, man. Well, you know, I didn't start. I was a late bloomer. I didn't start until I was, I don't know, maybe five years ago, six years ago, and um, because. We didn't have what you guys had out there. You know what I mean? Like, I saw weed just dry seeds, stems, and I had no interest in it. And then when I started coming out to Cali and seeing, you know, the wonderful flavors and flowers and, and such, you know, I fell in love with it. And I don't drink, so this is my little... Do you feel like the herb had... Well, you said you were a late bloomer with the herb. Did the herb have anything to do with the with the comedy, or you were just naturally a genius when you were born? And well, first of all, I'm no genius. Okay, a pretty smart guy. But I'm smart. Yeah, I'll admit it. I'm smart. Pretty um, smart guy. The weed. I don't know. I feel like when I smoke, what it does is whether it's sativa or indica, it doesn't matter to me. I start pacing and just my mind just starts going a mile a minute, and that's like when I start writing intensely, but. When I'm not, I'm. St I feel still. I feel the same creatively. Like I don't feel like. I feel like it makes me more focused, though, for sure. Like, when you first got into comedy, were you were you blazing up yet? No? But I was doing. You know, when I was joking around in school, talking elementary school class clown. You know what I mean? Making the kids laugh. 
Um, so it started early? I started early, bro. I was in the first grade raising my hand, go up to the front and talk to the teacher and, and make the ugly face behind her face. <laughs> and, they, and then, you know, the, the um, classmates would laugh and then I'd be busted because they'd laugh. They'd throw me under the bus and she'd turn around real quick and catch me making a face. And so I was always the class clown impersonating people. And like I said, I'm a late bloomer. I just started, you know, smoking weed a few so years ago. So the, the actual, like, comedy side in you was there. Uh, do you think, uh, so you were born and raised in Philly? I was uh, born in Philly, raised right in the Philly area. Always within, like, literally right on the border, uh, a town called Ben Salem, PA. It's right next to Northeast Philly. And then, like, 25 plus, maybe 26, 27 years ago, I moved, you know, I crossed right back into the border into Northeast Philly, where I've lived for almost the last 30 years and until I got out of the city. And When it came to character development, you think where you're from had anything to do with that? Like, some of the character, like the character development when it came to, you think Philadelphia had anything to oh, do with yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The characters in Philly yeah. are among the best. Like, It's a different style that you have. That's, it's, Philadelphia's unique and the characters are really... Um, out there and just some of the best that's why I like filming in Philly because the reactions like it's tough out here San Fran's beautiful but when it comes to filming people aren't phased by it you know and not not only that but they're just not these wild crazy characters well yeah the East Coast has a whole different like personality and I feel like some of your characters kind of sh- like Chip for sure is like an East Coast guy you could tell like his whole attitude yeah and the vibe yeah there's no chips out here no. yeah nah well there's Maybe, but not like chips. Just one of them. Mini chips, but not big chips. You showed me a video before we started. I was fucking dying, bro. I was dying when you showed me this. Your mom actually has her own channel and and had a bunch of pranks, like not like a little bit. It was one of the questions I wanted to ask you while we were chopping it up was, you know, if you thought any of your parents influenced that. Yeah, yeah. Your mom well, was your mom doing comedy at all? Like, or was she mom, always just like my mom's always been like that? That it rubbed off on me. It was like it was basically like my mom. And my godfather, Uncle Al, who you've seen in videos. Yeah, that, Uncle Al's classic. Yeah, those two together just rubbed off on me. I have their same, you know, sense of humor. And, you know, my mom was, I remember before, you know, YouTube and video cameras, my mom would pull up to a drive through but but reverse backwards just to mess with the drive Just to fuck with just people. Just to fuck with people. Yeah. And, and she was just always that clown and goofing around. And um, then she started doing YouTube shortly after I did. And, um... I filmed a couple of her videos and um, we did a couple together collabs, fake poop prank in public. Her dude, her videos were fucking sick, dude. Yeah. I, I actually have to go look up your mom's page and start watching those because just the first two you showed me were epic, and I yeah. was like, okay, I never knew your parents or your mom did comedy, or I never knew that's that was yeah, even my, there. My mom was, you know, doing this crazy shit like me walking a flip flop on a leash at a do- you know where people are walking dogs and she'd dress up like a real old lady and go out with a cane or a walker and just have her underwear falling around down by her ankles and pull them off and throw them at people and sharpen her pants in public and me i would get like nervous like mom she goes into some the worst parts in philly and doing this shit i'm like somebody's not gonna yeah because some of the pranks you do are not like i can't really say that that's safe it's not and i watch a lot of the stuff that i did and i'm not that brave anymore so like when i see me pitching this guy and he's like you want to get punched in the face and i stood there and waited for i wouldn't do that now i just wiser you know <laughs> well yeah nah the world's in a fucking weird ass place but yeah. you you have to have balls in general to be able to actually prank people because i've been with you and it just don't stop like when we're out it's 24 7 and 
you keep a straight face and you you don't break. You know, it's you got to make light of life because life is so screwed up. And like you said, the times right now with COVID and which put a dent on what I do because, you know, you can't approach people and get in their face now with COVID. But, you know, I tried to just bring light to the situation, whatever's going on. You know, during the pandemic, I was doing stories 24 seven and people were like, oh, these stories, you know, you're keeping us going through the pandemic, you know, because mm-hmm. that's just my, my, when my mom was sick in the hospital one time with a brain tumor. I was there making her laugh when she just had surgery because that's how we always did. You know, that's how we coped with everything. What's the first what's the first character you actually really fucked with? Like when you were funny when you were younger, your mom was always fucking with people. She was funny. What's the first time you actually like developed a character? Hmm. On film, I know it was always Testy, my Philly character that wears the, the, the Eagles jersey. But like before film, like was it oh, like before then? Was, I was it like just in with the homies? Was it in the mirror, like just fucking around? Anybody and everybody all the time. I mean, I was impersonating Michael Jackson. I was impersonating, you know, Red Fox, Sanford and Son. That was like my favorite show growing up. Um, so I was always impersonating family members would, you know, you know, people we'd have a party. And I would start impersonating somebody that was at the party after they left. And my folks would be like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I've been doing that since I was born, you know. But getting back to on film or on video, always Testy was the first original character that I created that made it to um, YouTube or film. Or- yeah, always <laughs> Testy is like a derelict. Like, you know what I'm saying? And for anyone that you know, <laughs> has been sleeping for the last, what, 15 years? How, How long have you been doing up? YouTube I've been doing videos? this shit 15 years, though. About 15 years. Up, though. Yes, 2006, 15 years. Always testy as a derelict. Actually, you know, when we were filming the movie, one of my favorite scenes was when I had you go to the cookie store and, and fuck with the employees. You know, I had you go in there as an employee, as always testy. And and it was real. It was real. It was but real. You didn't the tell funny anybody. thing is like the derelict side of always testy. Like, it's just like a that dude's fucking classic. Well, he had me come up to the cookies thing as testy, you know what I'm saying. And then he's doing this big ribbon cutting at this new store location. And I'm in I'm in the I'm in the room, you know, waiting to film something, and they're telling me Burner's about to cut the ribbon. I was like, oh no, no, no. Testy gotta cut the ribbon too. Bro, honestly, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even see you. When you slid up, I looked over to the right and you're right there. You're a pretty fucking sneaky guy too. You like know what I'm saying? The way the way you film, the way you move, like I think that day I don't I don't know how none of those employees really tripped out because you were there as an employee, but you were doing all kind of crazy shit in that store. And I don't know how none of them some of them knew I was supposed to be there and some of them then didn't. Mm. Like there was one point when I just went behind all the registers and I'm looking through the stock mm. and the dude was like, yo, we need room back here. He kind of knew I was new there, but he's like, yo, this dude's out of place. And then there was other people that had no idea who the hell I was, like the security guard that threw me out. He didn't know anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we pushed him to the limit. Was that guy was old. He was old catch. <laughs> that was this shout to our old head for enforcing that. He, yeah, was, he, he was definitely set tripping. So the first character you did was always testy. Mm-hmm. Did North you? East Philly, Philly centric character, you know, because I worked at AT&T mobile store and we would get all the characters. And I worked in a store where everybody that lived in the hood came to that store. And just all the characters, they rubbed off on me. And, you know, they'd walk out and I'd start impersonating them. And Always Testy was just one in a million that I met. How long did you rock Always Testy before you decide you want to do another character? Like on film, like where you're like, yo, these these YouTube, video, these YouTube videos are getting great traction. I should try another character. Yeah, I'll switch you. You're going to have to look it up. I don't know. You don't even know? I don't even know. What was what was the next character? It could have been Mumbles, which is the cowboy that, you know, 
Hey, Campbell, so I'm on some Bartle, do come on crap. I'll come where I'll tell you it was based off of my sister's friend, Becky, her dad. He was from Kentucky. And he came from Mama He couldn't understand what he would say. So Mama was actually based off a real Mama person. Mama was based off a real person. He wasn't a cowboy, though. He was a redneck from Kentucky. Cool-ass dude, Jerry. But he was not a cow. He didn't wear the cowboy hat. Didn't have the, the book but he, teeth. But he had that voice, though. He had that same exact voice, and I just built a character around that's it. Good to, <clears throat> that's actually pretty interesting to, to hear that that was based on somebody because... That's a trippy fucking voice. That voice is every time people they want to hear you. Sometimes they act like they really hear you. Oh, yeah. Some, they'll go along with it. <laughs> yeah, they'll go along with it for sure. <laughs> I've seen I've seen multiple people go along with it. I would personally ask like, "What the fuck are you saying?" But some people are shy. Some people yeah. are just like, "Yo, I'm just gonna act like I understood what this dude yep, said." Yep, yep. Who's Skippy inspired by? Skippy. Okay, so Skippy's glasses. When I used to before YouTube came out again, this is going back like 2002 maybe. I was a certified nurse's aide in an old people's home. And there was this desk that had all kinds of glasses that were just like glasses that were lost by these people, right? So I would pick them <laughs> up and <laughs> I found a pair that was like Skippy's glasses real thick and I would just put them on and do that, you know, that voice, that character, just, just whatever. And um, and then um, when I started doing it on YouTube, I remember because a lot of people were wondering if that was inspired by Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. And at the time I started Skippy, I didn't know who that was or that show. And I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, Skippy does look like this other guy. But well, it's all good. Cause, but um, he's way more legendary than Bubbles. Yeah, like, hey, shout out to Bubbles, but Skippy, like I could watch Skippy just look at someone and it's funny as fuck. That, that's what put Skippy on the map, Skippy just staring at people. So Skippy was inspired, like you you developed Skippy just by working. And that's dope to hear that you were a nurse's aide because the one thing I like about you, bro, like when, and I feel like we became close friends, right. you're a real dude, like you have a good heart. And like we talked about this the other day, what you did for the homie from your hometown, you know, driving all the way to Florida, which is not, that's not an easy drive. And you spent a lot of time to help him get sober. Yeah. And I remember you were telling me this and I was like, you know, I, I kind of heard you, but then I really watched the journey. Like, you really drove this man out to a rehab, put him up in the home, were there for him. You got COVID with him, right? Like, mm -hmm. this was, like, something from the heart. And, like, that's one thing I noticed about you, man. Like, you really care about people. And I think that, like, that's really, that's really you know, unique and genuine these days. People don't really think about people, you know? That's true. And that's, you know, why we were put here is to help each other. You know what I mean? We should, I always said this, man, we should be... Everywhere around the world, just boosting each other up and supporting each other and helping each other and be one team. But it got all fucked up. <laughs> so, so did you know him? Like the dude that you brought up? So there? that dude, Mike, he was in a Mumbles video just about a year before that where I randomly um, walked up to him when I was doing a Mumbles in the Hood skit. And I walked up and got a light off of him or gave him a light. And we started talking and he's in the Mumbles video. And then when I left, I thought, man, something about that dude, like... He left an impact on me. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this in that video, but I went through that Home Depot parking lot often, just wondering if I would see him again because I always wonder what happened to him. And then one day, my, my buddy Brent was in. We were film, We were going around filming. We weren't sure what we were going to film. And I said, let's just do something cool for somebody, somebody that might look like, you know, they could need a hand or something, you know. And we're driving through the Home Depot parking lot. And I said, no way, dude, this was meant to be. There he was. And, um... He vaguely remembered Mumbles, and, you know, he didn't even know who I was. Um, but he started asking around, and people, he's like, yeah, people know who you are. Apparently, you're big around here. And then um, 
I said, well, look, dude, you're trying to get yourself clean, get off the streets. I, you know, I, I felt like this, I don't know, there was something about him that I felt like, man, this dude needs to be doing something else besides living on the streets doing drugs, you know what I mean? And his drug of choice was heroin, which, you know, it's very hard to get off. But um, he said he wanted help. So um, one of his family members actually funded his rehab stay, which was, you know, like 25K, I think it was, to stay there. And he had a family member that was in a position to help paid it right up front, knew my intentions were legit. I was trying to just help help this kid out, you know. Get him from point A to point B. Yeah, and, um, you know, we booked a flight, went to the airport. The flight was canceled because of the weather, and I was like, I can't leave him hanging. I was like, you down to drive to Florida? I'll drop you I off. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That's why you guys drove there? That's why we drove, yeah, because we, we were at the airport, and they were canceling flights left and right out of Philly because of the snow. And um, I was like, I, this dude needs help. Like, we can't wait, you know what I mean? Um, and he was like, yeah, let's go. And it was, it was a ride from hell, dude. It was, we faced a lot of shit. Well, that's a long ass drive. I can only imagine this guy's shit. There was, there was a, a, a 48 hour backup on 95. As soon as we left, bro, as soon as we left Philly, it was backed up and it was backed up for two days. How many days? Snowstorm. How many days in the car went in? It must've been three or four, about three or four days, three days, maybe. Yeah. It took it. Yeah. Two and a half. It just, it was crazy, bro. It you was, spent almost two to four days with somebody you just barely knew through a skit because you knew he kind of needed help and his family was down to help him and you you knew that by you taking him, he'd probably take it a lot more serious. I had his to, family, man. Yeah. I, I had to help him. There was no doubt about it. And he slept the whole way because he was, you know, he was going through withdrawal for a good part of the trip. And, um, I mean, we hit an ice storm where we were trapped with, literally like down power lines and trees and ice and cars coming off 95 backed up. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there thinking we're going to die out here. There's no, but it was, bro, there was tractor trailers, jackknife on the highway. And just everybody was all, I mean, there was a guy that needed a kidney transplant and he was stuck in there. There was, it was on the news, bro. Like for the whole day on CNN and everything, it was on the news this storm and we were stuck in, I'm like, I'm trying to get this guy to rehab and we're stuck in the storm. Then we get through it. We go through a bypass. I get him to the rehab, and, you know, that's a whole other story. Was he going through withdrawals the whole time you guys were driving? Towards the tail end of the trip, he was. Because, you know, once we knew that we weren't flying, I knew I had to take him down the way to get his medicine so he could. I wanted to ask without asking. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm mean, i in it, you know. I, I said, get it, you know. you know. Use while we're driving, whatever you got to do to maintain. You know what I mean? I need to get you there, and I know what it, what they go through and what they got to do. So we stopped down the way. He got it, you know, what he needed. Because there's no way you could have drove him there without him having that. He would have been sick as fuck with John in the he car. Been sick, so I knew it would have been over. Get, right I knew away. I had to get high. So, yeah. um, but then we didn't know we were going to get stuck in them storms. So he ran out of supply, mm -hmm. and then that's when he started withdrawing. And I just said, "Just sit back, sleep. I'll I'll drive. I'll get you there." And by the time I got him to the rehab, he was in bad shape. He was out. You're a fucking real one for that. Uh, to spend that kind of time, dedication, take that risk too, because if you get pulled over, that's in the car. I wasn't even worried about that. I yeah, already, but I, but you have everything to lose, yeah. and that's why I'm saying the yeah. fact you weren't even worried about that just shows how pure your intentions were, bro. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that through too. I thought if I get pulled over, I'm gonna pull the cop aside and tell him the story. Look, this is what's going on. He needs to get to rehab. He needs to get high. And if they fucking if they sidetracked us, I would have been. I would have fucking put that on blast because you know what I mean I'm trying to. We're trying to help the guy. You know what I mean jail's not. Heroin addicts don't belong in jail, dude. Nah. Nah. Another thing I like about you, Ed, too, you're a good fucking dad, bro. And that's one thing I think <laughs> we kids. bonded over. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a father to, you know, over everything. And you're definitely a good dad. You spend a lot of time with your family. 
how's your family handle like how's what you do impact your family um I mean, they support me. My wife supports me. You know, um, it's the same as like if you were a military dad. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You're, you're going out, you're making a living to provide for your family, you know? Um, but like also on the personality side, because I feel like Little Boss is, he's a character. And I feel like he's he's getting a lot of personality from you. And it's cool to watch because I see what you post on the gram or like if I FaceTime you, I'm like, yo, that guy, is, he's got a special energy to him. And little I feel boss, like, yeah, yeah little boss. Yeah, something something crazy, special, unique about him. And he gained a little, you know, following through my Snapchat and Instagram stories. And, um, he, yeah, started doing Michael Jackson before he's he was classic. nine years old. Yeah. Shout I mean, out to little boss. Little boss, yeah. He's classic, dude. He's classic. Miss my family. Yeah, that's the hardest thing, man. You've been stuck, especially you've been stuck here with me. We've been editing for, you know, three yeah, days straight. Yeah, as much as I'm passionate about this and what I'm doing, I go back to the hotel. I'm like, man, miss my little guy, you know what I mean? Miss my family. But um, like I said, this is what I'm doing to provide for my family. And, you know, um, they're supporting it. So, you know. Where'd, that, where'd the work ethic come from? Because, like, for you to like, I don't work. That's the thing. I don't like work. That's why I'm nah, doing what I you, do. <laughs> but you do work because if you think about it, we shot this film. We already had someone editing this film. The fact you flew out here to grind it out yourself, right? Edit it yourself. But right before you go on tours, like that's work ethic, bro. Like not a lot of people know how to do that. Like it's actually in between my tour, but it's you know it's the grind. It's I I came out here to edit this movie in between two shows, and it's to me like I said, this doesn't work. The only hard part about it is just being away from family. Yeah, so you love what you do. I love what I do. Yeah. What's your favorite part about what you do? My favorite part is, you know, people that hit me up and say that I got them through some time, um, something going on in their life. Um, I had a girl send me a picture of her and her husband that were at my show with me, a picture of us three at my show. And she's like, my husband just passed away. You were his favorite. and Stuff like that is, me more, too. is more valuable than money. Money's... Me too, like... You know, I I, I know, it's, it's, uh, you know, for me, why I, why I still do what I do on the music side is because it gets people through tough times. I seen someone at Lemonade yesterday when we did the opening, and this girl said I went to go visit her brother when he was in Stanford Hospital with cancer, and that what I told him helped him a lot to get through what he was going through. And, you know, she said because of that, she just it stuck with her. She said, she said exactly what you said to him stuck with me so much. I follow my passion in cannabis, but that's why I'm working for you today. Like, yeah. you know, like to, to go back and see stories like that. I forgot I visited people, you know, at Stanford, you know, that were suffering from cancer. My sister's a nurse. And a lot of people tell me my music gets them through tough times. And I like that most about what I think. That's yeah, what I like most no about doubt, what no I do. Doubt. Yeah, for sure. And, and another thing, you know, since it's a topic, money doesn't drive you, which is super cool, too. Like, you don't really, yeah, we all need money for our family. We need money to get by. But you're a pretty fucking simple guy. Oh, I've, yeah. worked, I've worked with some people with some talent that are just divid out. And you're the fucking opposite. Well, I mean, I've been wearing the same outfit for five days that I've been out here, folks. You know, same like, shirt. I was but, like, he's not even joking, though. <laughs> this guy this guy moves light. But, like, the money doesn't drive you. Like, when you first, yeah, when you first said you were down to do the film with me... It tripped me out because I'm sure a lot of people approach you and it just wasn't the right fit and the right the right vibe. It wasn't the right fit and this just it just seemed to this was meant to be, you yeah. know. That you came along and, and wanted to invest your your time and money into this project with me. And um 
bro, we made magic. We're sitting there editing it, having a great time laughing and knowing that we got some funny content that's going to make people laugh. That's most important at the end of the day. You know, well, you, you risked your life for this content. You almost died choking on that fucking taco. When, I did. When we were done filming and we pulled over and to get food, I, I didn't know you were about to turn up. And I didn't know I was going to do that. But, you know, <laughs> truth is, I've been in the tacos. Like, man, this taco ain't that good. I might as well just choke on it. Man, my boy put the whole... You have to check it out. But <laughs> Yeah, you'll see in the, you'll, you'll see in the, in the clip, folks, but at you, home. But it's not like... You're really like a... Not only are you a very unique guy, like, you don't... You're not scared of shit, bro. You... Bro, you've done some pretty wild shit since I've been around you, bro. Like you're you're an adventurous guy. I'm adventurous, you know, but like I said, I have wisened up and some of the stuff a lot of the stuff that I've done in videos in the past, I won't do them anymore. I look at a lot of the stuff and like, oh man, I cringe. I can't do I would never do some of that stuff again, but I ain't gonna tell you what it is because then you'd be like, No, you gotta do that. I ain't doing it. Nah, you're not one of those guys that have to squeeze lemon in his eyes to to get views, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just natural. Uh, Emilio, man. Emilio. Who inspired Emilio? Emilio, I don't know who he was inspired by, but I know the first time I did Emilio, I wasn't even dressed in the character. I was in New York City, and I just started looking at, you look at that? Oh, would you look at that? And people all around me were laughing, so I was like, oh, maybe that's something funny to run with. And then uh, we were out filming, and just look at it, dogs, and I saw this guy waxing his car, and I said, what, are you wiping the windows? And that was the just look at it car video that, you know, kind of put me on the map so to speak which is funny i had a million subscribers when that video went up but nobody really knew who i was even with a million subs they didn't know my name or who i was they just knew the videos but then once the emilio popped it was game on and then chip you know again how how did you get a million i don't even have a million how did you get a million so fast on youtube without having a name just by oh, the well, videos going know, viral or i started in 06 you know it, it, it was hard and it took me a long time to get there. Well, I guess it took me about a year to a year and a half to get a million subs. But um, now it's just so saturated that, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. What do you think is wrong with, like, comedy right now? What do I think is wrong with comedy right now? Well, to be honest with you, I don't watch and I'm not familiar or knowledgeable of any comedy, whether it's scripted or stand-up. I don't know what's going on. And I don't want to know what's going on. And it's not hate. It's not. It's just I don't want to know what's going on. I don't want to watch anything. I don't want to watch TV shows. I don't want to watch news. I don't want to pay attention to what's going on in the world. That's it. That's my life. Beginning. That's it. When did you take that stance? About five years ago. I said, I'm done. I don't care about politics. I don't want to know who's the president, vice president, this, that. I don't care. Nobody's, nobody's going to make me feel obligated to vote. You're obligated to vote? I, bro, don't tell me that shit because I'm obligated to not vote. Yeah, when you first when you first told me that when you first told me that when I first met you, I thought you kind of like exaggerating a little bit, but I've known you for a while and you are pretty clueless on a bunch of shit. Yeah, and it's and it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, yo, listen, are you serious? I've officially tuned out. Yeah, and I'm fine with that because now I'm able to find my shit and do and focus on just what I'm doing. What does my, it do for the mental? Is it good for your head, bro? I'm so happy. I've never been so happier in the last five years than when I just I literally said I don't give a shit about anything period, other than, you know, my wife and my loved ones and friends, because um, none of that matters. It doesn't matter. You know, wh whatever's going on with the economy, I'm going to go out and hustle just as hard to put food on the table, and that's what we all got to do. You know what I mean? 
Um, no matter what the prices of gas, like everybody's talking about gas now, I couldn't tell you what it is. I don't look and I don't know. You're not know. thinking about it. I got to get gas in my car. Or I'm not gotta, getting. Yeah, you got to do it. So you're you just going to do it. it. And it is, I don't look at a lot of shit either. If I looked at shit and started worrying about it, I'd probably lose my mind. I can't. It is what it is type shit. And I know it's easy, easy to say if, if you're working and making a decent living because right now times are hard and some people can't. And I get that. But, um, you know, we just need to get off the damn social media and get life. I mean, my boy Stingy is so caught up with social media. It ruins a lot of his, you know, a lot of his experiences. He's trying to film everything. And I try to tell him, like, yo, sometimes you got to enjoy the moment. But I think, to, yeah. I think tuning out, that's not a bad idea. I actually probably would entertain that. I'd probably tune out if I get to a certain state of mind where I just don't want to anymore. Like, I think tuning out would be good for the head because they put so much bullshit well, out there. I'll give you an example. There was a shooting yesterday somewhere yeah in texas mm-hmm. and i didn't know about it <clears throat> and i'm posting on instagram and i'm promoting my stuff because i don't i don't read nothing i don't go and, and my manager hits me up and he's like hey careful on the post because it was a, you know yeah and he was telling me like i knew like oh you know the big shooting i'm like big shooting so i had to you know figure out what it was you know of course you know that saddens me another reason why i don't go near that shit yeah. you know what i mean i don't want to read that stuff you know that's part of the reason why on the couch like and, and you know sending love and positive energy to everyone that lost a loved one that day but that's why we're going to do sure, that we're yeah. going to do a thing called the good news network on the couch lock network and all it is is good news that's it like yeah anything negative happening in the area we want to we want to address the positive things happening in that area so we think about having uh frank somerville who got fired from ktvu uh for sticking up for you know we won't even get into it, but he was sticking up for something righteous. Mm-hmm. He's been on the news since I was a kid. And we want to get him on the news. He was on the news. Unreal. He was on the real news. They put him on the news. And I want to get the girl, like a really cool girl with a good vibe. And we just want to give good news all day. And that's, that's the only kind of well, news. You got to be right to. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want to, man. Like, how hard is it for you to stay in character? Because staying in one character is one thing. But right. doing multiple characters, <laughs> like characters doing characters, yo, you know, saying on shrimp, yo, that shit is fire, yo. When when you got kind of strangulations, yes, yo, that shit is dope. When you got Jerry K with three characters, that was awesome, dude. That was not only was it awesome, but how hard was that, bro? Because I I couldn't keep it no, straight. It's not face. hard for me. It's not hard for me at all, man. When that situation came. I was just like, bro, I was, I don't know how to explain it, man. It's, it's better than a high on any drug. Once I'm like, okay, now I'm going to get in and out of character and try to prank this dude with multiple characters. And he had no idea, dude. He's like, <laughs> a little context. I invited the homie Jerry, uh, Jerry K over to the house. Ed met him on a random one. And uh, he told him he was with me and told him to slide through to the house. And Ed came out in three different characters and this dude had no fucking clue I mean when I say he had no clue he was fucking clueless when he was telling him he was different characters I even as you know me being there and doing the film with you I was tripped out like yo it's such a different vibe each one because you have to understand like when I first met you I started kind of really understanding each character and how different they were and I started understanding that you don't really when you're in character you don't come out of character I thought you were mad at me a couple times when you were a chip and I had my boy had to pull me aside and say, Bro, he don't come out of character. He ain't mad at you. I said, yeah. you sure? He said, nah, he's in he's in chip mode. It's right it's sometimes it it gives, you know, like a vibe that I'm hard to work with on set. 
Because when I'm in character, I'm in character. I'm not going to break. And if I'm chipped, then you're not going to pretty much, you're probably not going to like what I have to say. No, <laughs> when the kid brought you the chalk, uh, the the homie, the sound homie, yeah. <laughs> you were fucking with him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So he, he, he gave me his fanny pack to use for the gym scene that we did. And um, I said, we got to get a big block of chalk and just, you know. Let me ask you a question, man. Like on this on this film, we we did it different. Usually, you go out and you just find real time situations. You have a camera guy hiding behind a tree. On this film, I was able to take advantage of like the production side of things. Like with Togo Madera, shout out to the homie Mikey. He let us put cameras in the restaurant for open. Was it was it better for you to have like a a more produced situation? Where absolutely. You can go, yeah. Absolutely, bro. Because it's hard to film pranks. It's hard to find locations. You can't just go into a place and do your thing, right, for a lot of reasons. So when you get permission to film in these places, like you did with the gym, like you did with the restaurant, where else did we? We did the cookie store. The cookie store. Yeah. You know, now that gives us time to go in there and put in the surveillance cameras, right? So now I don't have to worry about where's my camera guy hiding. You just got to flow. I just got to flow. Yeah. Um, everything's mic'd up, so I don't have to worry about any of that. Biggest thing is now I have permission to be there, so I don't have that anxiety of getting shut down right away before we get the footage, because now we got all day to film there. So when you present that to me, now we can take the pranks to the next level. Yeah. Because yeah. now I can do the multiple character pranks and, and you know. And blend it. Like, that, the Echo Park one wasn't, it wasn't uh, scripted at all. We just, we no, did no, it kind scripted. of, we, not, not scripted, saying, like, we didn't have the camera set up, like, we just kind of like had you go down there and it was like we had a guy just, sitting on the hill yeah. hiding with a long lens and then we had a guy just chilling in the park that looked like he was just filming b-roll in the park and it was um, cool it was cool to mix it up though have like actual spots where people were at frequenting and mm -hmm. like the store gave a lot of diversity i think the restaurant was epic um the gym your gym shit's the best thanks bro like <laughs> it's the best well guess what if we get part two it's gonna be better than that one better than yeah. that one Part two, if we, if we do do part two, we have to go out the country. I feel like if we go to a different country, it's it's game on. And now that I got my feet wet with you with this one, yeah. And, and the best thing that happened with this project is that you brought me out here to edit it. That was the best thing that I happened. feel like. I feel like I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, now it's, that you're here, you put your sauce on it. But dude, this is just this. That's that's it. Next, next is gonna. It's it's done. It's history. I just want to make funny movies, bro. And you give me that opportunity, so. Well, then we're not only going to do the movies. We're going to do the movies with the soundtrack because you are you are talented when it comes to making music. Your music is really good. Even when we eat dinner, <laughs> you put on a different theme beat every time we eat dinner. If it's Italian, you that put was, on Italian music. That was pandemic. Shit, right? <laughs> pandemic. If shit. we eat Thai food, you play Thai music. It's actually a vibe. But that's because we were stuck in the house during the pandemic, and I'm like, damn, dude, I got to do something to make it feel like I'm I at actually, the restaurant. Actually, every time we eat dinner, I enjoy it because that music comes on. It's like, yo, it's a vibe. A little time. You should try that vibe, man. You, whenever, you have to try that vibe. you're eating, put that music vibe on. But it. we're not just dropping movies. No, we're we're going to drop the movie, the soundtrack. The soundtrack. The merch collab. Sick-ass clothing capsule. And a strain. So we're, OG we're, Pish coming soon. OG Pish. And, and the funny it. thing is that OG Pish won't even be an OG Kush. It's going to be something brand new that we find in a Fina hunt and on an episode of Inside the Bag. It's going to be something brand new developed for him. But like when you package those saying together, music, clothing, herb, content, and comedy, like that's a full package for, for our fans. Like A lot of your fans get big high. And when we linked up and 
people saw that we were kicking it, like we kind of realized that, like, yo, you got a lot of Stoner fans for sure. I'm, I'm glad we met, dude, for real. And um, I hear, like, when I read messages, you have a lot of people that watch me are big fans of yours. Like, damn, y'all, my two favorite cats working together, or man, bur-. yeah. So people are happy and stoked. And and your <clears> demographic <throat> is like, it's pretty trippy because young people know you, but a lot of older people know you, like. I was talking to one of my uh, my partners in the, the DR today, and I was like, yo, I'm working on this movie with this guy, Ed Bassett, where it's like, psh, psh. I'm like, oh, so you know who that is? Like, hell yeah. Nice. I'm like, oh, shit, this is like an older guy. You know, he's just like, he knew exactly who you were. Nice. You got a good demographic of fans. What's your ultimate goal, man? Like, where, where do you want to take this shit? Like, you've, you've done a lot. Like, in the 15 years you've been doing YouTube videos, you've done a lot. We got our first movie coming up. And I feel hella glad that you did it with me. Like, what's your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to make a bigger movie just as funny. The most important thing at the end of the day, <clears throat> when we started doing this project, I said, it's got to be funny, mm-hmm. period, from start to finish. Everything in it's got to be funny. It's got to be funny. It's got to be real. And it's got to be real. So, you know, next step would be bigger budget. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to um, produce the movie that I wrote like a year ago with all of my characters interacting. So it's So it'll be a bit of scripted. But it also be, you know, Testy on the street, Emilio on the street, Chip on the street. So sort of like a what's that um, Borat style movie? Oh yeah, 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 know? yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because <clears throat> dude, you're you're a beast with the unscripted comedy. So I feel like if you wrote a script, it'd probably be fucking wild. You're talented in music. You're talented in in unscripted comedy. You're t- t- you're talented in art. Like you draw, you draw some crazy shit too. Like yeah, I draw. your draw, your drawing skills is sick. So you're a creative guy. If you wrote a script, I imagine it'd be pretty fucking epic. Bro, I wrote this script, and it's uh, you know you can cut this or whatever. But Chip Diamond working at a used car lot, right? Wiping the car off. His boss calls him and yo, Chip, you got to take this car down to so and so. It's a it's a convertible pink Cadillac, right? An old school one, the long body Johns. And Chip now has to take this car down to Miami to their client, Emilio, who, work, mm-hmm. who, who does a night show down there, does a show, right? And along the way, he meets Testy, he meets Skippy, he meets Mumbles, he meets Ronnie, and, and the shit is funny, dude. Like, it's everybody that I told you know, the idea to, they're like, yo, you got to make that happen. So we got to make that happen. That's the next Look, step. We just, we, just, we just went from Couch Lock, uh, Chopping Game episode to Shark Tank. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I got the budget for it. We so, have to do it. It's epic. It's gonna actually flow great. Having all the characters link up with each other and have it make sense—that's that's, that's yeah. epic, bro. And I might give Mark Wahlberg a part in it. I'm thinking about that. I like Mark Wahlberg. He's a good guy. He's, a good he's guy. you know he's he's a chill guy. He's a good guy. I think he sh- he might smoke too on the low. Oh really? I don't know. I hope he does. That's one of those guys. Like <laughs> I'm a fan of Mark. You know, when I watch the movies, I'm, I I think he big blazes. Cause I don't know. He goes to church. He's buff too. Yeah. Fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of buff guys don't really smoke weed. Really. They drink. Yeah, we'll make a we'll, we'll make a cocktail and we'll make yeah, a deal. Part will do. Who would be uh Who would be your dream collaborative? You know, someone in, in the same space that we're you know you're in. Someone that you you would dream to work with. Um, man, I used to watch In Living Color. That was like my favorite show when it was out. Jim Carrey. Oh man, you know. Holy shit. I'd love to do something with Jim, you know. Oh, man, dude. Man, that would be fucking epic, yeah, bro. Yeah, that, he, he's he's my uh, favorite. You know, Fire Rush Bill was my favorite. I, I loved all his characters, dude. Everything on In Living Color. 
and mo- and most of his movies up to a certain point because like I said I tuned out so I haven't followed anything I don't know I know he's kind of political from what I've seen or heard you know but whatever if he's ever down to do something funny together that would be the ultimate you know I don't know he, he's way above me dude like his his comedy his uh, and, and what he's done and achieved it's uh, you know I'm not going to come close to that that's fine I'm fine with that uh, you know that's good to put your you know your bucket list like that nice and high because it's that's why I like to call manifesting so we we just manifested that mm-hmm. you're definitely going to do something with Jim that dude's legendary he's like the Eminem of comedy oh for yeah sure. for sure like that's just crazy as hell man was there other, any other scenes that you remember from there that we kind of wanted to touch light on? Uh, you know, fucking... Um, no, I think, you know... Oh. <clears throat> would you make that sound, man? Yeah. Any other scenes? We could... How'd you, how'd you make that sound? Oh. Yeah. Just B. B? Yeah. Tell, tell these motherfuckers about the choice with the tooth, man. I think that's a really good story, bro. Because my guy's got... I broke a tooth from Florida. <laughs> tell them how you broke the tooth. Tell them how you broke the I've tooth. I've been into a crab shell. A piece of a crab <laughs> shell. Broke the tooth off. They pulled the tooth out. I got a, what you call up in there, a steel titanium. So you already had... Yeah. I had half of the work done. Yeah. yeah. I had a visit a few months, like two months, nah, like two months ago, to go expose the post so they can put in the tooth. And I went and I said, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do it. And my doctor was like, well, what do you mean you don't want to do it? I was like, I just don't want to do it. It kind of grew on me. It's the only way I can really describe it. My missing tooth grew on me. Now you I don't like want it. I don't want like a tooth it. there yeah. now, dude. So it's like, oh, hey, you know, <laughs> p- people were commenting, what what happened to your tooth? I'm like, nothing happened to it. <laughs> nothing happened to <laughs> my it. My homeboy, I just went to Maui with my homeboy, Spencer, got a missing bottom tooth. And <laughs> He said he kind of likes it. When he said it gives him a vibe. Yeah, I'm like, I what mean, the fuck? I mean, I have a lot of people tell me not to get it, but I have some people tell me to get it. But the bottom line is, the post is there. I can get it whenever I want. But I want the rose gold, John. You know what I'm saying? You got you to get that rose gold tooth with a little diamond with in a that little tiny diamond. Just chip. a little just baby a little diamond. Tiny. It should just say chip and diamond on that Diamond chip. There you go. Chip oh, and shit. Oh, yeah. shit. What's your favorite kind of herb, man? Like for the people that that get high that watch our show, what's your favorite kind of herb? Well, you know, here's some funny things about weed with me. One is I don't know the difference between a sativa and indica. I know I'm very, very picky, picky in particular. Um, first, you know, I go by look. It's got to look right. It's got to crack open right. The crystal's got to flake off right. It's got to smell right. It's got to be the right stickiness. It's got to grind perfectly and roll into a joint perfectly. The joint has to burn perfectly, preferably with a white ash. Um, and it has to taste good because that's the most important thing to me is the taste. With that said, when you introduced me to your brand, I've never seen anything like that, and I still haven't. So everything that you've handed to me is up here, to, and I've you know been all over the country to the dispensaries in people Colorado. People bring you a lot of shit too when you do people shows, bring me yeah. gifts at all my shows. People show up and drop weed off to to the show, and excuse me, I became a weed snob and. For that reason, like I took a hiatus. I haven't smoked in a month and a half. I said, if I'm if I'm going to smoke, I want to smoke the best. You know, you like the Bernie honey butter the most. Uh, the the Bernie honey butter was the best stuff I ever tried. Honey butter, Bernie honey, <laughs> <laughs> Bernie honey butter. Man, if if you would, um, the name on your ID, man, you really change your name. Yeah, I think I'm making it up. No, no, I know, I know you're not making it up. I want to show you this. Can you blur this for the folks at home? Yeah, okay. Can you see that? 
got it. All right, thanks, boss. Thanks, thanks, boss. So it's not the name on the ID; man, it's my name. I know, I know, but damn, that's a crazy <laughs> fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're a funny motherfucker, dude. That's so, it. Hold on. Every license picture, I go in a different character. The one time I was like this, right? I sat down to take the picture, and I was like, and the and the lady's like, she's trying to take the picture, and it won't. She's like, sir, you have to close your mouth a little bit. So I'm like, she tries oh, to take the picture. Again. She's like, sir, you still need to close your mouth more, and that's what came finally. Man, so what made you change your name to Ed Bassmaster, bro? Well, I want you to tell that story because you told me before, and it was such a good reason. And I forgot why, because we were super high on the lake. Well, a lot of people know or don't know this, but my birth name was Edwin Rodriguez from my father. And then I was adopted when I was five or six because <clears throat> my father took off. So I had a different last name, which I won't mention because it doesn't need to be, and it's not me. Mm -hmm. So I legally changed my name to Ed Bassmaster because I had been using that name as a username Honestly, before anything uh, on on a on a forum online bass fishing forum because it's you know my my hobby is to fish since I was a little kid, so I changed it to that just for a username and it kind of grew and it stuck with me, and then a few years later, I said you know I want to keep it and not have any legal problems with Bassmaster and just make it legal you know. So you just change your name so you never get sued. Yeah, and just. Ages like the name Bassmaster. Well, it wasn't even that I liked the name. It's just I wanted it to be legal, I guess. Now I'm at a point where I just want to change it back to my birth name. Yeah, because you didn't give... Did you give your kids the last name, Bassmaster? No, no, no. They you got my wife's it. last name, yeah. Okay. I always wondered that. Cause <clears throat> when, I, when I learned that you changed your name for real, for real, and that, I was like, yo, you're a savage. Oh, my brother? Which brother? My brother. <laughs> your, your brother? I do got a brother. Antony. <laughs> my brother's name's Antony. Antony? Yeah. Shout out to Antony, man. Speaking of fishing, man, like, do you really get down with that fishing shit? Oh, I love fishing. It's, I mean, it's the one thing I, actually, it's the one thing that I said when I'm retired that I'll do. Because really, I feel like I'm retired. Do, getting to do all these cool things, I feel like I'm retired and just living in a dream. You know how to cut the fish up and all that shit? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on what, well, see, I bass fish and you don't eat large mouth or small mouth bass it yeah. doesn't taste good it's, um, it's like what like shitty um i've only tried large mouth bass once it was a fish i caught and i ate it and it just was fishy and just like <laughs> some bad buzz <laughs> some bad buzz you know <laughs> some bad produce <laughs> bad Damn. produce Damn. But, uh, yeah um and you know there's people that say oh that bass tastes good it don't taste good so now saltwater fishing you know like striper oh my gosh stripers i love to i catch striper and eat it you know, um, but bass fishing is catch and release. You know, it's just it's just a um, therapy, therapeutic for the fellow fishermen. What's the best place to go catch some bass at? Like, what's what's your favorite place that you've caught some fire bass? One of my favorite spots is this little um, gravel pit in South Jersey near the Jersey Shore. It's like thirteen gravel pit ponds in these paths in the woods, and I've. I was somebody showed me that spot about fifteen plus years ago, and it's real secluded and out there. That's my favorite spot. Nobody knows it, but I fished for bass in California, in Florida, in Texas. You know, the big the big bass are in Florida, Texas, California. You know, that's where the, if you're if you're looking for the big bass. But you know, I'll fish anywhere. If you guys want to go fishing, please let me know. I'm down to go. We gotta get you a fishing pole, a fishing pole sponsorship, dude. A fishing pole. Yeah, fishing pole, man. Is that it's what you rod. call it? 
It's a rod. I don't fucking know, dude. I never, I never been fishing, bro. You need to turn me on. Well, then you and I need to go fishing. Yeah, because everyone that does it says it's hella good for the mind, and you get to just relax. I need to fucking relax, man. What we do is we get a list of things that we need. We give it to somebody reliable that can go get the stuff. So let's say stingy. No, not stingy. Um, mm. Yeah, he he would fuck that up. He'd have him go get our shit, right? Yeah. And then we just go. Actually, no, you're in San Fran. I'd have to investigate what's up here. I don't know if, if uh, Delta. Uh, what is it? Um, is the Delta out here? Uh, you know, I'm really bad with that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. You should find out what's out here because you do have to come back soon to do an yes. uh, episode of Inside the Bag. I'm going to have one of my breeders come on the show with, you know, 15, 20 different strains. And you're going to pick the strain for that. And also, Emilio said he wanted to look at some nuggets. Emilio, Emilio would be great for weed reviews. Would you look at that? Well, you know what you could have him do is look at it. <laughs> Just look at it. And I actually, inside the bag, I make him look at it all the time. I put the bud right there by the camera, so that's perfect. It would work out well. Most legendary skit you've done in your head, bro? In your mind, like, what's the most legendary one that you've done? Or favorite one that you've done? My favorite one probably is always Testy doing a job interview with his parole officer, played by Jack Vale. Um, and it was set up by the owner of this, I think it was Pets Plus in the Philadelphia area, a small chain of pet stores. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said, let's, um, can we do a mock job interview with one of your hiring managers? And he said, yeah. So he brought this cat in, had no clue, set up cameras and I did the job interview and as testy, just like, you know, it's, it's my, it's probably one of my favorites. And, um. And then I uh, bust out a 40 and start drinking a 40 during a job interview. It was good times, good times. And, you know, there's a, a couple of The Pokemon with Testy was one of my favorite. I don't know if you saw that one. I haven't seen that one yet. Are we going to see the Beast again, bro? The Beast is one of my favorite. Skippy is my favorite character, but the Beast. You want me to bring the Beast back? You got to bring the Beast back. Okay, who the fuck's the Beast? Oh. The Creep. The Creep. Unreal. Why do you keep calling it the Beast? <laughs> Because he looks like a damn beast. <laughs> he looks like a beast. That <laughs> fool comes out there. He comes out with the craziest hair, bro. <laughs> Dude, if I, if I seen the beast come, or the creep coming at me, bro. If I seen the creep coming at me, I'd probably fucking flip What do you out. want, man? Library? What do you want, man? Library? There's a the guy here. He wants something. <laughs> Have the shows been fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the shows are a lot of fun because I'm getting to connect with people that have been supporting me for all these years. And the crowd, the crowd always looks like a fucking vibe. The like crowds the, are, bro, the, the crowds, uh, it's like your friends coming to see you, you know? And um, the shows are getting better and better. Each time I do them, I just get more comfortable with doing them. And they change. They're different. Each show is different. And you freestyle the shows? You don't A lot of the them? shows freestyled. And this guy is a fucking freestyle genius. <laughs> Even with the rap. So you just you just let that shit flow. You don't. Well, you don't. yeah, I've been since I was a kid messing around with that. Since I was a little kid, was into music. Never pursued it though. You know, I always had a little keyboard. Um, I always had an electric guitar, but I never pursued learning how to play and 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 tapping into it. So until about two years ago, which I did, my uncle Al, you know, teaching me guitar. Other musicians, you know, um, teaching me stuff here and there, and that's been just as much of a passion as making people laugh. Yeah, because you, you jam out a lot. Yeah, I love music, man. Can we get you to do the soundtrack for the movie? I want to. Let's go. I think that'd be fire, man. All like, right. Yeah, I now mean, from, from rapping, well, I have to take you next week or All something right. like that. Next week. Yeah. I'm down, dude. Let's do a soundtrack. We, we, can go, we can go super ghetto and try to put a guitar in this room and see if this picks it up, but we got to go to the good studio. We'll go to the good studio. I'll bring Mumbles, Testy, Emilio, anybody. We can do a song with all of them. 
Emilio on a song? Emilio. Uh, Emilio's song, we need to make like uh, one of those. So I don't know what genre it is. It's like a techno where it drops. It's like. Oh man, that would actually work, dude. Yeah. That would so work, dude. We need to I've make heard, that for the for the movie. I've heard so you okay. sing. I've heard you rap. I just heard you do a techno fucking song. <laughs> would you look at it? That just yeah. sounds fire. If you can give any advice, man, to people uh, that are trying to get into the YouTube game, I mean, people actually make a living off YouTube. Um, even now that it's super watered down, there's a bunch of like pretty bad content out there. What what advice could you give young people trying to come up on that game? Including um, myself, because I'm trying to learn to. You're trying to learn. Yeah. I'm trying to learn the game, baby. I mean, the best thing I could say is just be real. Like, whatever it is you're doing, don't go into something to get views and make money. You know what I mean? Well, I want to start a cooking channel because of this. You know, be passionate about whatever you're doing, you know, and just if you're passionate and you think that you have what it takes to succeed in it, then just go balls to the wall. And like I've been saying since I started doing YouTube is knock on every door. You can knock on a hundred doors. One's going to open. So, you know what I mean? Just keep going. That's facts too. Cause we, the only reason why I started doing cooking content is my fat ass wanted access to the chefs. And you, I enjoy watching your cooking content cause it's real. Yeah. And I've eaten with you and I've been over your house and yeah. you are a fucking chef. Dude. Yeah. And you've cooked some phenomenal meals. So I enjoy watching. Yeah. I, I started getting into cooking content cause I was like, if I start doing really good content, then fire chefs are going to come on my show. Me and my boys can eat good. So it's something I'm passionate about. The only reason why I did anything I've ever done is because I'm passionate about it and it's worked. Yeah. You know who I like too? His cooking stuff is a little uh, Andy Milanakis. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and Andy's a man. Like, he's hella into food. He brought me to some of the most fireous, heady uh, sushi spots in LA. Same, yeah. yeah. That's how I got into sushi. Was he Andy. brought me to Dan Tana's <laughs> or something like that, like an Italian place. Like, he. Okay. he he turned me on when I went to LA. Yeah, when I started doing YouTube with uh, Maker Studios, he was signed to that too. They were like producing our YouTube channel, and um, somebody said, "Oh, you and Andy should do a skit together." And we met and hung out, and we became you know really good friends. You know, um, but he introduced me the, to food, man. Like in general, just like food. Everywhere I go, I hit him up. What's the spot here? And, and he knows. He knows. He knows. He was on to that whole uh, gold belly thing before anyone else, how you could order shit from New York when mm -hmm. the pandemic started. He was getting like spreads of like bagels and locks and shit. That guy, that guy is a foodie. Shout out to Andy. Yeah, man. Um, you, you guys should do something food. Did you guys ever do some content together? You yeah, know? we did a, a skit out in public uh, where I was his dad and like. Oh him man, you're fucking lying, dude. No, no. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta see that when I when I leave out of this room, I'm about to look that up. And My, that I'm supposed <laughs> to go to Japan with him soon. Japan and uh, Greece. He he has uh, family in Crete, so I, that's I want to go out there and um. I would shoot uh, some content with him. That'd be I great would, food content out there, man. I would love to tag along some way, shape, or form. Japan and Crete, bro. Food out there, you know, herbs and spices and goats in the field. Everything being grown and made right there. You know what I mean? I, 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 I got to tag along with you guys because you in Japan just sounds like a fucking great time. Dude, I love sushi so much. If I could pick one food, that's it. And I want to go to uh, Jiro or Gyro's joint 
out there, the number one sushi chef oh, yeah, in the world. Oh, yeah, 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 You know, from yeah. the documentary. Yeah, and yeah. I, or, or something of that. If I can't get him, maybe his son. And if I can't get his son, we'll, the we'll next, get him. We'll get him. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get him. We'll put the, we'll put the pack signal out there. He's like 98, there. dude. We got to get over there soon. He's 98? Some shit like that, yeah. Holy shit, He might dude. be 120, still making sushi. And you got to work 10 years to, before you can even cut fish in his place. You got to be an apprentice for 10 years, okay? You got to cut rolling, fish. No, you're rolling rice. You're not cutting nothing for 10 years, okay? Do you get a practice cutting fish? <laughs> you gotta oh, practice man. watching <laughs> hey man I gotta, I gotta give you major props too during my cancer shit you're one of the only guys not one of the only guys you were one of the handful of guys that called me all the time to check on me man that shit was really cool of you you know like just very genuine again like you got a good heart um, and I'm hella glad to have you out here with us on, working on this film I'm super excited about the film. I think the film's about to change the game. And I think it's just the beginning of what you could do in the film space. I want to see that script to film for sure. Maybe let's go. I'm on fire, dude. I'm on, I'm ready to go round two already. This isn't even finished and I'm ready to let's start filming. Me round too. Two. New Regardless, characters, no bigger what. production, you know. We got new characters, okay? I, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want them. We got new characters coming, okay? I can't I can't I can't spoil it for them. Look, this is uh, episode two of Chopping Game. I got my brother, Ad Bassmaster, uh, here with me. This is my dear friend right here, my partner. I love this guy. guy. For, for anyone that doesn't know what's up, how they find you? I don't know. I'm here. <laughs> I love my brother. <laughs> this is my brother from another. It's my, it's I'm, my, a, I'm out there. I'm online, okay? What's the online handle? Putting you on the news? I don't know. <laughs> Can you put me on the news real quick, dude? I'll put you on the news. <laughs> fucking put, my me phone. On, put, your put me on, on the, the fucking news. news. I don't know. I've had this guy locked up for about ten hours. We've been we've been in the in the compound. Put him on the news. For what? I got every right to. That's for what. No, let's put that down. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we we've been in here working all day. It's time to go eat. We've only had yeah. breakfast. Uh, Son, he's put me on the news. About. Shout out to my brother Ed Bassmaster. This is Chopping Game episode two. The movie is coming soon with soundtrack, clothing that's capsule, that. and fire. That's right, baby. Yes, sir. We out this bitch. Peace. Man. That was fun. Yeah, it's good. It's natural. You almost got me a few times, dude. You're good, dude. <laughs> you were trolling me at first. I'm like, fuck.